When Amar Alchista Amar Ukva Lo Lo When the Brisa speaks of the grain having split, it does not mean that they actually split. Rather, the Brisa means any grains that if one were to place them over the mouth of a wine barrel, the heim nispaku and they would split on their own, uh, are also considered split and thus forbidden. Strong wine vapors cause barley that is on the verge of splitting to split. And that could, um, you guys turn it to, I if the barley grains have reached that point where, where they had been placed uh, in the pan and dried them, they would have split from the heat. So I, I think it sounds like to me that it's not the mixing of the wine and barley, it's that, it's that it sets off a process. And that's what makes it chametz. No, 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 it's not the actual mixing it in the dough. We're not, we're not talking about that. Yeah, then, then it has to be, then it has to be, uh, uh, can't be, has to be worn. That's what it says, yeah. We never saw that as an issue. Well, that's, 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 we're, just did. Just did? <laughs> that's true. That's, that's Shmuel Amar and his Baku Mamish. Shmuel says that it, it, it actually, it actually has to split. Shmuel ruled in a case that occurred in the settlement of the household of Bar Hoshusha. It's Baku Mamish. It means the view that rice means actually split. Amar Raba, Baal Nefesh, Lo Yiltos. Conscientious person should not soak grain on Pesach. Ma'iriya bal nefesh. So what, what does it mean a bal nefesh? Ramosha in his chubas uses that term, a bal nefesh. So, uh, uh, um, it, he, what he means is, is someone is extra meticulous. But, but it's a funny expression. Words, what do you mean a bal nefesh shouldn't do this? If it's a problem, it's a problem. If it's not a problem, then why do you have to be a bal nefesh to stay away from him? So Ma'ir... Right. Right. Should not soak even wheat, which is hard. Okay. Meaning, he shouldn't even do that. Since wheat is firmer than barley, it does not leaven as quickly. To refrain from soaking wheat is thus considered a stringency rather than an absolute restriction. And Rabbi therefore recommends for it for a conscientious person. The rice, on the other hand, warns against soaking barley. This restriction is not simply a stringency, but applies to everyone. So there's a difference between, uh, there's a, I mean, okay. One who heeds father's words, will end up eating spoiled bread. Unclean bread says the wheat will not be washed. The flour will be mixed with bread. Because you don't, if you... Right, not to do it. Right, right you shouldn't do it with wheat either. Taha, Bey Rav Huna, lots to say. For in the house of Rav Huna, they would soak wheat on Pesach. Obey Rava Baravin, let's soak. And in, in the house of Rava Baravin, they would soak wheat on Pesach. But Rava Amar also lotos. But when Rava said it's forbidden for anyone to soak even wheat on Pesach, it is an absolute restriction that applies to everyone, not only a Baal Nefesh. Elohad, the Tanya, 
But that which it says in the Brisa, ain't lotzim zorim bepesa, zorim hu delo hachitishare. But when it says, that was your question. Why, why, why did it specifically say barley? So, so the Gemara says, by saying barley, it implies that the halacha applies only to barley, but not, but not to wheat. So lomit bai kamu. The Brisa state, there's no need. Lomit bai chitin came on the Eastbait Sira. Since weak grains have a cleft in them, water enters them and causes them to hummus. However, barley, which are smooth, I would say it is all right to soak on Pesach, but water does not enter them easily. That you can't even do barley. And then Rava further said, it's permitted to soak wheat. It's uh, permitted to soak wheat. Tanya, Yotzim Bipastakia. One can fulfill his obligation of matzah with white bread, the hadra, as well as white as, as with coarse bread. The Yesha, Nikia, Sisa. It's impossible to have white bread without soaking the grain beforehand to remove all the bran. Yeah. Hence the Brisa must be permit soaking. So Aisve Rapapalarava. Hakimochim Vihasalato Shalnachrim. Um with regard to susceptibility to tumor of plain flowers and fine flowers of non-Jews, shall kifarim tahorim, those of villages are considered tahor, not susceptible to tumor, but shall kirachim tameim, whereas those of city dwellers are considered tame. Now, now, the kifarim, my timer, what's the reason why the flower of villages is considered not makabal tumor, lamishim delovo sasek, because they don't soak the grain. The chikari le solas, yet when referring to the better kind of flour, it's called fine flour. This implies the possibility of bread baked to fine flour, i.e., white bread, without the grain even having soaked, which goes against Rubber's assumption. So, Torgama Akimpa. So, explain the Bryce's law about the flour, the better, refer only to plain flour and not fine flour. What would be the difference between the fine flour and the Note 27 explains it. Although the Bryce lists plain flours and fine flours together, and then differentiates between those of the villages and those of the city, the prices should be understood as follows. Those of the villages, namely the plain flowers, are not susceptible, whereas those of the city dwellers, namely the fine flowers, are susceptible. So, because they, they, they soak it. Because they, they soak it. Oh, right, right. Or, or, they, or, or they soak it, so that's the problem. Basa did nothing. After Rabba went out, Amar, Papa said, my time I will aim a late meha. Why did why did I not say to him that the proof against him is from the following statement? The Amar of Zera, Amar of Yemir, Amar Shmuel, Chitin Shal Menachos, wheat grains used for for a korban mincha, ain't lotzimosim may not be soaked. Vikakari lehu solas. Yet we see it's called solas. So we see that 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 soaking does not necessarily uh, not required. So Hadamarava mitzah lotos. It's a mitzah to soak the grains. In preparation for Master Shnema, Shmartem is a matzus. If not for the fact that the grains need to be soaked in preparation of being made into flour, Shimolamai. So, what, what? In other words, this is a comment. He says, What are we worried about? Worried about it getting wet and, and, um, but what are we really worried about? If we're not soaking it, what, 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 what where's the wet? So, it must be that's what it's talking about. Ishimor delish. So shimor demise. What are we? What are we guarding? Ishimor delisha. 
if we got against the Chomets during needing, Shima Delisha Lav Shimur, that's not what it means, it does not suffice to fulfill the requirement in Yeshua God. The Amar of Huna, the Tseiko Shal Nochrim, the doughs of Gentiles that have not yet become Chomets, Adam and Malik one may fill his stomach with them on the first night of Pesach. As long as you eat an, an olive size at the end. That's a hard thing to understand. At the end of the, on the end, you must eat a piece of matzah that was guarded expressly for the mitzvah. Since the Gentiles' dough was not guarded for the express purpose of eating the mitzvah, one cannot fill his obligation with it, even though we can see that it has not yet begun to become chametz. The piece of matzah which one fulfills his obligation is eaten at the end of the meal since it has to be eaten together with the with the korb pesel. Okay, right. Uh, so again, so Dhamra Bisei Koshanakri, Adam Alakrasim, Uvachi Yoko Zais Matsa Bakhrona. Bakhrona in at the end, yes, but we show no no. my time. What's the reason for not fulfilling his obligation with matzah made from a gentile's dough? We show him the low of it behushima. Because there was no guarding against it. But let the guard against it from baking and onward. Right. So the question is then, then why are we allowed, then why are we allowed to eat non shmuramas? Sounds like that you need to watch it. Sounds like that uh, that 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 has to be watched from the, the beginning. Physically watched or, or- Protect. I think I don't, I don't, I don't think someone has to sit with it twenty four hours. But I'm saying, but protect it. it has to be protected. I don't. Know. It's a question. I, I, I mean, maybe that's why people. That is the verse commanding one to guard the matzah does not merely require that intention for the matzah. It's a matzah be say In any case, for the mitzvah matzah, he had during a stage when guarding for comments. In any case. Namely, after commencement of the kneading process. Rather, the verse requires that a further act of guarding be performed beyond that which is obviously required when he made the dough. This means that guarding is required from the beginning. Even while the wheat is in the grain form, it follows from this. Rubber maintains that it is a mitzvah to wash grain and thereby perform um, upon them in a meaningful, meaningful way. Okay. Oh, we might. For what? From what is there a proof? How, how could you come? How could you conclude from the fact that the Gentiles though cannot be guarded, matzahs that that uh, cannot be that guarding is required even before the needing? For at the time that it entered a state which it needed to be guarded, at the time water was first added to the flour to make a dough, and it became necessary to actively prevent it from from leavening. Maybe maybe in the case of the guy he didn't do the shimur. But if it's possible to, to, to guard over it properly, why not? That, uh, so, so, so he did in fact guard it against leavening. So that then indeed guarding from the commencement of kneading process is considered guard. So um Right, so despite the Gemara's question, uh, the Gemara doesn't answer the question and, and leaves the halach in place even though there's a question on it. Okay. Nonetheless, uh, Rava did not uh, 
retract his opinion. Uh, depends. Depends what you mean by pasakum. There's two kind. There's two kinds of pas. There's pas palter and pasakum. Right. right. Depends. So generally, we don't eat pasakum. Can't really eat bread baked in the goy's house. But but pas palter we do. Yeah. Rava said to those who turn sheaves uh, at harvest time and tie them into bundles. When he turned them over, so what do we see? That yeah, when, when when are they watching over it in the field? Once they cut it, so already at the time of cutting it, that's when it has to be. Uh, that, that's the starting point. Okay, so Marvare de Ravina, his mother stored grain for him in basins. The mother Marvaruku would store the grain separately. From the beginning of the harvest, solely for the purpose of Pesach. Thus, here too, we find an initial guarding for the sake of matzah. So it has to come at a at, 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 an, at an early stage. Yeah. That's what he says. Okay, fine. Who? Arba dechiti. There was a certain ship laden with wheat. The tava bechista. It sank in the river Chishta after before Pesach. Shari Rava was Zabuni Lenachar. Rava permitted the salvage wheat to be sold to Goyim, but to Jews, since it was probably Chometz, can't do that. So Esrei Rava Bar Levi the Rava. Rava Bar Levi asked Rava, "Beget she'avad bo kilayim." A garment where kilayim was lost. The kilayim of clothing. Mm-hmm. Deals with a case where a thread of kalayim idea uh, uh, was woven into a garment and cannot be located. Okay? Yeah, well, it got mixed up. Peget she'avad bo kalayim. Hareze loyim karen elenachri. One should not sell the garment to a non-Jew. Selling a kalayim garment to a Gentile is normally permitted because the Gentile is permitted to wear shotness. If the thread of kalayim were discernible, the Jew himself could use the garment after taking out a Kalayim thread. And there'll be no problem with selling it to a Gentile either. Because if Jews were to buy it from him, it, it would take out that, right. But, but, but now the Kalayim is not, is not identifiable. Selling it to a Gentile becomes problematic because we are concerned that a Jew will buy it and wear it, not knowing that he actually violated Kalayim. Now we're worried about the circle. Uh, you sell it to the guy, who then, t- then takes it, uh, puts it on the rack, Puts it on the rack in the marketplace and then, and then he sells it. It's not bottle? No, no such thing. I get a bottle. And you never have shot. There's no shear for shot. No shear? Otherwise, we never have shot. That's true. <laughs> well, we don't have bittle, but only by food. Yeah. It's probably true. It's obviously probably true. It's probably his bittle by food. Well, um, no, it's bitter like the lion. I think so. I think so. If it's soft. Begit shava bo kilayim. Arezer loyin karen elanachri. 
can't make a saddle blanket for the donkey. But he can make shrouds out of it for the mace, because the mace is allowed to work. Once shrouds were used for a corpse, they may no longer be used for any other purpose and may not derive benefit from them. Hence, we do not suspect that one may come to wear the garment or any other piece of it. Wrapping a corpse with calamity is permissible, so dead person is no longer <laughs> obligated to observe the, observe the... I thought anyway... Um, uh, the tachrich uh, is, is linen. Uh, I thought that's a. I thought I thought that was a standard practice. Yeah. Yeah, but not wool. I said it. And it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. my time alone. What's the reason we we might sell to Goy? Oh, isn't it because we're concerned that he's gonna that he's gonna sell it back to a good sell it back to back to a, it no. remember it's a, it's a world of trade. I know, but why, I mean, why would we have that any fear more than anything else? A person buying something from a guy, he's looking. Well, you're not supposed to buy food from a guy, so so what? This is calling. This is the shot. I'm saying, I'm saying, it's, it's very pretty obvious. But anyway, it's the first question: Why did Rambam permit the sale of wheat to a Gentile when he may, may turn resell it to a Jew? Adama Rabba was Zabinu Kamba. Kaba Kaba Israel. Let him sell the grain one cob at a time to Jews. Pisla, so that he will uh, he will eat it before Pesach. That's my story. When I bought the uh, the can of cocoa powder before Pesach, at the same time I was buying chametz, and the guy behind me online got nervous. Ah, you can't put it in the same bag. I said. Okay, you don't do it. I, I, I always said the three problems of the story. Number one, what's your business? <laughs> yeah, it, was <laughs> yeah, it was here. It was uh, no stem. Uh, uh, num, num, number two, even if your chashas was right, and the and by some magic, the the uh, cornflake box bursted open <laughs> and went all over the place. It's, they, not it's not penetrating. It's not penetrating a metal camp. So that was proud. Two. Problem three, how do, how do you know that I wasn't How do you know I wasn't uh, making a party tonight and baking chocolate cakes? <laughs> One may not add flour to a cooking pot on Pesach. What molin means to roll? Uh, I thought molin was what Captain Quig used to do. Right? I read the you ever read the came evening? Right? He used to right? Then he used to play with his hand. Then he rolled something in his hands. Right? Yeah. Ball bearings. What? Yeah. Metal balls. Those metal balls? Yeah. Yeah. He would click them. But, oh, that's what it was, metal balls? Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. Like that reference? That's a good reference, right? Ruben. Yeah. That's good. I pulled that one out of deck. Pull that. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I also went to school. Anyway, <laughs> good book came in. Um, no, I didn't see the movie. I read the book. <laughs> that, I actually read the book. 
We had to. One of the grades, I don't know which one. Ninth grade, I think. Tenth grade. Anyway, eight more than a cadera of a pesa. One may not add flour to a cooking pot uh, on, on pesa because we're afraid it will become leaven before it completely cooks. Okay. If you want to do that, no senes or kema. You should put the fl- in the flour first. We no senes and then add vinegar. We say because vinegar slows down the, the process. By adding, by adding vinegar to the cooking pot, the cooking process is hastened, it, it, ensuring that flour will fully be cooked before it became leavened. Okay? Uh, I don't know. I, I would just be just. I would be just nervous to, to deal with this kind of food on Pesach. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, no matter how careful you are. Yeah. 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 Like it was a regular practice. I, I think because food was scarce. Maybe, maybe this was, uh, yeah, I think I think that's what we have to say. Because uh, we would never do this because we, <laughs> we have tons of food. Yeah. However, some say one can, can even put the vinegar into the pot first. Uh, for even though the vinegar is mixed with the rest of the pot, it nevertheless cooks quickly uh, what it's placed in it. Okay, man yeshomer, who's the yeshomer? Amar al Chester, Rabbi Huday, the stan. A frying pan or a pot which one is which one has removed from the fire while boiling. You're not allowed to add spices to it. However, you may add spices into a bowl, or into a, a tureen that contains hot liquid. Right? Shabbos. Yeah, Shabbos. That's Shabbos. Yeah, it's a mission in Shabbos. Because you're not, because uh, uh, spices is in the category of what's called Kali Abishal. Because right. it because it cooks uh, right. it, it cooks easier, so we're more we're more strict about what we're allowed to uh, add it to. And I told you a story when we learned this mishnah. Uh, I learned I learned these these, these halachas, and, and I and I panicked because I've been adding salt to my chalot right, right. uh, uh, for so long. I'm like, oh my god, I'm not allowed to do that. <laughs> but then when I uh, thought about the the, the, the quandary. I realized that I was being ridiculous because first of all, the salt we use is cooked, so it's it's not a problem anyway. Uh, secondly, secondly, uh, the challah on your plate is kli fifteenth, uh, from the pot to the, from the pot to the challah bowl to the to the thing. It's it, it's not yeah. Anyway, avodah say letorah Rabbi Hu Domer lakolu no say one may add spices to anything. Kutz be dover sheyesh bo chometz utzir. Except for something that containing vinegar or fish brine. Thus, we see that Rabbi Huda maintains that vinegar enhances the power of the cooking, even when it's in the hot liquid before the food. Venukwok Raviosi. Now, let us establish the, the latter Tana's opinion according to Raviosi. Does not, the Tanya. Raviosi Omer, Shuran the Chomets. If one sees the soaked barley swelling, he may soak them in vinegar, the Chomets Somta, and the vinegar contracts them. So if it contracts them, what, what we have heard Raviosi say is that vinegar prevents comments. That's only if the vinegar is intact, undiluted. But not in a mixture. Well, this way and that way is forbidden. That is whether the vinegar uh, precedes the flour or is added afterwards, it's forbidden to add flour to a cooking pot on Pesach. Mishum left, left, Amrina Nazira.
go away, go away, we may find the Nazir. Score, score, the karma, lo tikarev. A Nazir is not allowed to be taken into a vineyard because uh, out of fear that uh, you know, he might be tempted to pull a grape off the off the grapevine and, and eat it. Same thing here, where we're concerned that you might become uh, you might become chametz. Uh, fine. Uh, Rapapi uh, gave permission to the bakers of the house of the Reish Kalusa uh, to thicken a pot with flour made of oven dry grain. Is there anyone who would permit such a thing? In a place where slaves are common. Are common? The house of the Reish Galusa had a large staff of slaves. Since slaves are generally lax about prohibited matters, permitting this would very likely lead to a transgression, i.e. to use the flour made from improperly dry wheat or to use the regular flour, indeed, of legume flour. Rav himself would thicken a pot with flour made of oven-dried grain. Um, some maintain that there is no argument between the two versions, the thickening of the pot with chassis. Others maintain that the second version indicates that Rav held that there's no objection whatsoever to thickening pots with chassis. Hence, there is no reason to prohibit it even a little. Okay. Okay. Uh, and, uh, let's finish up. One may not add flour to charosis, or to mustard on Pesach. And if he does, he has to. All right. One may not cook the korban. You know, you know, once we say that line, you know it's coming. Cut him. <laughs> Uh, one may base the pace up with them or dip them in them. Uh, the water used by a baker, you shuffle, must be poured out. Because they're, because they're constantly being used uh, in, in, in the process, so, so they're going to cause, uh, um, they're, they're, they're going to certainly cause. Uh, no, the water itself has in it. Yeah, because they was used constantly as the of the you baker. This baker was commercially used. So yeah. So the water is gonna do to make comments. Amaravuna, Machlogas Tokharda. The dispute applies only in the case of flour put into mustard. Aval Tokharosas de Virako, you saw miat. All agree we must burn it immediately. Vatani Namihaki, uh ain't no stick camel tokharosis, we nos and you saw miat. You can actually eat it uh, right uh, right away. Because uh, so it's but can't stop it. What? No, you can't eat it if it becomes comments. Right. So he holds it, it's not a problem. Uh, uh, the one is allowed to eat the mixture. Uh, is he talking about charoses or charoses? Okay, well, we'll pick up on this question, Mr. Shem, uh, on Tabas. Uh, no. no. I can't. Yeah. 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 Yeah.